Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Chunk it. Hard procrastinating. Summer camp. We have a guest on the budget this week, and she's a real writer. Eh, eh. And the lights went out, and then the zoom went out, and then we wrote some shit. We have a guest, and we wrote some shit, and we all did a writing prompt. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> so good. One, two, three, four. Sitting on the bench. Writing's really hard. We need another snack. And that is just a fact. Oh, oh. Hi, this is Shauna. This is Trisha. And this is Two Girls on a Bench. The podcast. We write on the bench. We snack on the bench. And most of all, we procrastinate on the bench. Yeah. It's a good episode this week because we have a guest. And it's a good guest. Guest on the bench. Such a good guest. And we're going to talk about writing. And you guys are going to like it. And we If you don't, then fuck you. <laughs> Let's just be real. Okay. Because what I mean, that's what this podcast is about. We're so excited to have such a good guest. And also, what else do we have? A good snack. Yep. And a good good writing writing prompt. prompt. Everything's good this week. Good, good, good. Not bad. Good. So good. (laughs) Okay. Goodbye. Okay. So, anyway, do you have a quote? All right, so I'm just going to use this one that's not attributed to anyone because I know I haven't done this one because I think the other one I did, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. Sorry about that. Here's just a, it's not a quote attributed to a person, but it's good. Sometimes only paper will listen to you. Uh, I don't think you did that before. I like it. I don't know who said it because it doesn't say. Oh. But I like, I like it. I like it. I like it because they're, especially if, well, anywhere in your life. It doesn't even matter. I was just going to say when you're a parent, because I really feel like my kids don't listen to me. But it feels like that, too, like at work sometimes or just in life. And you're like, no one's going to listen to you. But it's like, whatever I write down, like, it's there. Like, I don't I don't have to be like, pay attention to me. Yeah. Paper. It's just there. Yep. Agree. So make your paper listen to you and write something down, people. <laughs> Get some writing done, please. For your own sake. Boom. And for the sake of all humankind. All right. So do you want to. No pressure. Do you want to introduce our whole guest situation today? Yes. Well, I introduce. I will introduce the guest. But this is a a person that we've known for a long time. And is actually a successful writer that has worked her way up. And just done amazing uh, stuff all over the place. And is also just cool and fun to hang out with and so now we are going to start out with our guest on the bench also just fyi there is a gap in the middle of the recording because we had a blackout (laughs) halfway through but then the power came back so we were able to continue our conversation so that's my disclaimer and um yes (laughs) go (laughs) 
<laughs> and yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> So today we have a guest on the bench and joining us today and we're on Zoom with uh, with great audio by Tricia. <laughs> we have Lorna Clark Ocean Sanmi uh, is joining us. Yay, welcome. Good to be here guys. We're so excited to see you and we've just been having a good time chatting and yeah. Seeing- and my guest is helping me with my kitchen thing. <laughs> Oh, nice! Your your plumber, your son. We love Zoom world. Zoom is so good. It's so good. (laughs) I I really needed him. I'm so glad he's here. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if this sink flows on my floor, I'm gonna just like lose my marbles. Plumbing, plumbing for Yes, please come, come help me. (laughs) Love it. Well, spending a Saturday morning with me, I'm grateful. So, you know, we've known Lorna for, I don't know how long, it's a, pro- a long time, long enough that we've yeah. all had kids and everything in, in the time that we've known each other, yeah. which is crazy. But um, yeah. just a quick background. So uh, my husband and Lorna's husband were college roommates. So that's how uh, we all know each other. And so Trisha and I went to school with your husband, Tunde, and... Um, we all went to college together. So we knew Tune Day from that. And then obviously we came to know you years later when you guys got married yeah. or were, I think even when you were dating, maybe. Yeah. We were and dating. then when you got married. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, you guys know, known him longer. <laughs> I, it's true. I know we have this funny. Okay. We just, I was just thinking note. about that footage. I know oh we gosh. have this thing. So he recorded a show that we uh, did in college, one of our little performance art shows that we did. And he like, you know, videotaped was that legs it apart yeah it was legs apart and so he he videotaped it and then at the end he turned the camera on himself because we have it and one day we were watching it we're like this is so funny he turns it on himself and he's like well guys everybody loved the show great job guys great job <laughs> and it was it was a very like Right. feminist show with barbies hanging from nooses and we like shaved a girl's <laughs> legs on stage and like dressed like cave women and like we it was crazy it was crazy we were crazy in the 90s about making sure everyone knew how we felt about being feminists like, i feel like that should be a resurgence i feel like if you oh, put totally. that on it would be like re- it would be really well received yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. Definitely. Hey, yeah, let's yeah, bring that let's back. Bring that back. Right. Bring that back. Lorna <laughs> said, Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, but, but we wanted to talk to you. Well, first, it's just fun to talk to you. But yes. secondly, um, Lorna is, is a writer and actually a working writer, which is super cool, uh, and has been for many years. And, yeah. So just we just kind of want to talk to you about sort of your career and like how you got into to actually being able to do that as a job. Because <laughs> it's fascinating. That, I mean, because we don't. I mean, we're doing it on the side. But like how, how you just sort of got into that. Um, well, I moved to, you know, it's the classic loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly, you know, Hills headed. Um, no, Glendale Hills. But I I did. I packed up and I moved to LA with the dream of being a writer and I sort of mapped out 
my plan. And I looked at a lot of different people's careers and decided that it was going to take a long time. And so I was like, okay, it's probably gonna take about 12 years to, to break in. So I was like, you might as well just strap in and just settle in because it's been a <laughs> long, bumpy ride. And then I just was like, okay, well, the, I decided there's lots of ways to get in because, you know, this industry is just so crazy. You know, you meet somebody and then they're like, oh, I like what you wrote. Come right on my show. And then they're working. You know, like, so I, I decided my path was just going to be being an assistant because I didn't know anybody. I didn't have those inroads. So I managed to network a little bit and get to be an assistant on the Bernie Mac show. I was a post PA. Oh, cool. And I thought, once I get in as any kind of assistant, I can work my way up. I can finagle my way <laughs> into the position I want. And um, ultimately, kind of, that is what happened because I was a P. I mean, I was an assistant for so long. I probably should have leveraged myself into a, a writer's room way earlier. <laughs> um, but I didn't because I wanted to be a showrunner. And being a showrunner... Mm from my observation was like insane. I was like, what is this profession? I've never even seen a line item in college where you can take a class on this. What is this? This <laughs> yeah. is like a bunch of nonsense. Like you're writing, you're running a room, you're <laughs> managing the budget, you're managing all these departments. And I was like, what is happening? What, what, what? Like, I just thought it was just so insane. And I was like, okay, well, I have to regroup my whole plan. Like I need to get educated on the showrunner situation before I can even think about getting into a writer's room. Yeah. And wow. so I just kind of allowed myself to be a production secretary and a, an APOC. And I worked on Weeds and I worked on, um, there was another show called Noah's Ark that I was a production secretary on um, for Logo. And it was like the first gay show um, and first gay network. And that was really that was really cool because it was, it felt very historic and, yeah. um, and it was a really interesting show. It was like a very male sex in the city and it was really popular. And um, that, sh that show was like, wasn't it like sort of known for being one of the first shows with more people of color too? Yeah, I think, right. Yeah. yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember that show. Yeah. yeah okay. It was a whole cast of really beautiful and attractive black men and they were gay and it was really, just really provocative and really interesting and the writer was really cool and he was writing all the episodes i was like wow this is incredible but we got to be very friendly and and chatted but um it, it wasn't a, a the similar sort of tv writing situation that i was in my head envisioning mm -hmm. um but anyways i was and i and i was a production secretary at the time so i I and I ultimately ended up becoming an assistant to a producer director on a show called daybreak with tay Diggs, and that was like my first sort of you are officially an assistant mm. to like a writer, producer, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> right, right. I'm close now. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the writer's room. <laughs> I, know, oh, I, know where, I know where it is. <laughs> I know where, the writers are talking to me. It was very, Aww. very exciting. It was exciting. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I take all my little milestones, like they're just like, yes, I won an Oscar because now I'm, <laughs> I'm an assistant. And uh, then I finally got a referral from one of the writers in the room. Um, actually, the Russo brothers, they have a sister, Angela, and Angela was a writer on The Shield. And she's lovely as pie. <laughs> Love my that's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Pandemic world, everybody just joins in the party. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so she had referred me when she left Daybreak and she went to The Shield, she'd refer me to be 
the assistant to one of the showrunners and uh, the showrunner, uh, the assistant showrunner wow. did hire me, Chick Egley. And so I was on the shield for the last two seasons. Then I went with him to Dexter um, and I went with him for season three of Dexter and he was developing other stuff in the middle of that. So I was helping mm -hmm. with that development process. So I just was like, yes, <laughs> another milestone. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm developing with my showrunner boss. And <laughs> And, and is it is it the kind of thing where like you know once people I mean I imagine and sounds like it but once people you know enjoy working with you and you guys are like solid and they know they can rely on you that they'll take you with them to like their their yeah, next thing keep, like you said yeah they'll keep taking you and they'll and then at some point they'll try to make you staff writer but even to move us even to be a staff writer like it's like a big studio network everybody's a part of like who's the right like who they hire um and of course mm -hmm. they can shove their person down their throat but it's the idea is not to have to and so i mean i had my writing samples and he'd read it but there was so many like there was like i think on dexter there were like three other executive producers and there was another sort of creating sort of number one um and he was like the number two and then there was another woman who was like a number three so it was like you had to pass through all these gauntlets in order to get the yes wow. and um and and the dexter room was pretty full so you have to also wait for somebody to leave oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i get but that. then it's an upper level to leave so they want to replace an upper level with another, with another upper level so intrigue. it's just like yeah. oh. so many so you kind of have to just wait until there's a turn it's like freaking like you know musical chairs like <laughs> <laughs> like when the music stops, I got it. <laughs> and, um, but to that end, I was like, you know, I want to do a movie before I get staffed because once you get, a, I, I just felt like once I get into TV, there's no, you know, th that I'm going to stay there. And so I wasn't a staff writer yet. So I was like, I really want to work on a movie. And so at that point, your other compadre, I, who went, all of you guys went to school together, which I became friends with all of you guys, thanks to Tunde, <laughs> Shelly Camaro. I don't know if you met her, if you remember her, but mm -hmm. Shelly ended up, um, she, I don't know if she wanted to be added. I said her last name, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Shelly worked for Nick Stoller on get him on, um, forgetting Sarah Marshall. And she, oh, had, cool. yeah, she had left. Um, she decided she wanted to be in the assistant path anymore. And she went corporate and I was like, good for you. And, um, and she was like, Nick is doing another movie. Do you want to be his assistant? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> And I worked on Get Him to the Greek, and it was so fun. Oh, fun. oh my God, I love that movie. Yeah. The best experience, <laughs> hands down, I've ever had in, in entertainment. <laughs> and yeah, it was just so such a blast because we actually went on location. We were in Vegas, we were in New York, we were in London. You know, we went to all the best places in LA. We, I mean, it was, and you're dealing with all these comedians who were, nice and who were funny <laughs> yeah and they told funny stories and we when we were in london of course that's russell brand's town so we all got in a limo <laughs> we all went to this club we all sat in vip it was the best it was like such the best time and he's like hey oi get my people some drinks uh, oh like, my god oh, so amazing Unreal. I mean, awesome it was great and the whole show was about you know music and I, iconic music and iconic places for music so we were like abbey road and like yeah. all these like uh, amazing yeah. amazing musical places and venues um in all these in all these cities and it was just it was a blast and then of course working with Diddy um, 
you know, just as a, an assistant, even on the periphery was so fun. He's such a, he was so professional. He just knew That's all so of cool. his lines and he was just like there on set, just plugged in. And it was like, he was literally playing himself because it was a record producer. And right. it was like, just do you. <laughs> yeah. What would you do? What would you do? <laughs> do that. And so, it was really, it was just a fun, it was a great experience. I, I haven't had yet anything to top it, even as, I mean, except for being like actually being a writer, but you know, <laughs> like actually writing, but as a bystander, as an assistant, like, I mean, it was funny because everybody was working so hard, but you, we had so much fun. It yeah. just didn't feel like such, it didn't feel like a grind. Oh, uh, that's good. And though. Nick is probably yeah. like, he's like the salt of the earth. He's the nicest man on the planet, you know, in this business. And it was just such a pleasure, such a pleasure. That's so cool. Yeah. And so how, so from there, how did you get to? Oh, yeah. I felt like, oh, I just stopped. Yeah. Everything <laughs> stopped with getting it. like, it's over now. It's over now. I can stop now. I can made stop. Yeah. I've made it. I've arrived. <laughs> I hung out with Russell Brand and yeah, VIP. Miami <laughs> drinks club. You're done. <laughs> I hung out with Diddy in Vegas. I'm done. Yeah. I, I mean, at, you kind of are. You could, yeah. Also, I mean, isn't Nick Kroll in that movie? Yeah. He is, and he was he so funny. Okay. He is like one of my favorites ever. I'm just so jealous nice. that you got to know him even. All of them were so nice. Aziz was nice. And it's funny because I wasn't as plugged into all of those people at that time because I was so entrenched in like TV dramas. Mm. So like The Shield and yeah. Dexter and all of those dramas that were happening. So when I get into this comedy sort of verse, I, I didn't know that who Aziz was yeah. I didn't know who Nick Kroll was and like they were just chatting with me and it was quite they I felt like at some like they looked you know when people are like oh you don't know who I am <laughs> and so it was like that kind of look and I'm like in my head I'm like am I supposed to know who you are yeah. <laughs> like I don't know if I'm supposed to am I supposed to uh, should I but, be should I be impressed? Yeah, <laughs> but they were but you know to that end they were super lovely and so nice and it was more like uh, like just you know it was like oh you don't like it was you know it's that weird eye contact you have in like in the entertainment <laughs> world where you're having this whole conversation with your eyes and everybody's very painfully aware because <laughs> the nature of this industry I remember people used to look at me sideways when I first moved they were like and then it was like oh you're green <laughs> it's like I, I understood now oh you don't know anything about Hollywood now I know that look <laughs> yeah but um but after that after um getting to the Greek um Tunde and I got married and um I was I was like a little ill I was uh, I had to get surgery and all that I'm gonna mm. gloss over I'm gonna gloss over the down the sad times yeah. <laughs> For sure. I guess, but you know what? And to that end, you you know, you really do have to stop. This industry will keep you going and going and going. And I was like, you know what? I got to stop. Take care of myself. And you feel like you're never going to get back in, but you yeah. will. You will. You just have to really take care of yourself. And it was just such a reminder of take care of yourself. This industry is going to be here. It can wait. It'll be yeah. okay. And I had both of my children and then it was like okay I gotta get back in I called chick from Dexter and I said hey and we had been developing while I was pregnant he was he was on uh, the walking dead and he left the he left the walking dead and he was developing one of Kirkman's other novels and so I was helping to develop that but I wasn't in a room room situation and so after I had my son who's been walking around <laughs> <laughs> after I had him 
um, he's a marker from all, for all good things happening. Uh-huh. But after I had him, I went on to Hemlock Grove and I was like, I was, I, I, oh, I got my episode. <laughs> I had developed arcs for Famke Johnson, for her character, for her storyline. I developed her whole story run. I, I was the only woman in the room and they were like, you should do all the women. <laughs> nope. No pressure. Right? <laughs> no pressure. But it was fine. I was like, okay, I'm going to do all the women. Gotcha. I'm, don't anybody try and do any of the women. I'm doing the women. Don't take this from me. It's mine. I'm the one with the uterus in this room. Back up. <laughs> totally. Love it. And, and so I did. I did. And I didn't know at the time, Netflix didn't have, uh oh, my, my phone is doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I didn't realize Netflix made you pitch out their lead characters. They make you like, if you have an idea for this from episode one to episode, you know, at the time it was 13 and you had a full sort of idea for how this lead character, their number two, um, you have to tell them and they would approve it. And so I was like, oh, Oh. so I have have to, like, we have to tell them. And they were like, yeah. And they loved it. And I was like, yay. (laughs) um but at that point i think they were like season one of house of cards when hemlock grove was on season three because hemlock grove was netflix's very first scripted series oh it was oh wow and then then, yeah and then house of cards came i think somewhere in season two or the end of season three of hemlock of hemlock grove and so um they were, we were sort of a test, testing ground. So there was a lot of things that they were doing that I, I don't, I don't think they do anymore actually, but in any case, it was very fun. It was a good show. It shot in Toronto. I went to Toronto for my episode. Um, I asked my showrunner to let me have an episode. <laughs> it was like, cause sometimes it's a lower writer. And at that point, I think I was still assistant. I was a writer's assistant in the room, but you still, and sometimes they just automatically split you, give you an episode to split with the upper level. And so I was like, look, I want my episode. <laughs> Good. Like, you got to give me my episode. I was like, are you going to get, I was like, just keep, just like, keep asking. Yeah. And the other assistants, we were like, just keep asking until he says something. Like, It'd be weird for him to say no. I've been working with him for so long. Mm-hmm. What, why hasn't he said yes? And then finally he was like, He's like, I had to figure out which episode and who you would split with and if they were okay with splitting because most of the room were all upper levels and that impacts their money. And mm. so um, one of the others, um, one of the other EPs, they split with me and it was the finale, which I was very happy about. So I got to co-write the finale. Um, and basically we just like killed everybody who was left. Because <laughs> we knew Hemlock Grove wasn't coming back. It was season three. And it was so... I was like, I never, I don't think working on any show will I ever be able to kill off every single cast member. And it was <laughs> so deeply satisfying. I didn't even know right. how to express. Versus like writing the finale, thinking yeah. you'll get another season. Yes. And like leaving yeah. cliffhangers, which yes. like, you know, happens all uh, the time on that. All the time. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't, we, we all decided we hope the fans like it, but if they don't, we secretly didn't care because we felt so fulfilled as writers to just like end it all. You're like, like yeah. it's done. Burn the house down. I think only one woman survived. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. Um, but after that, I was able to, because of that experience um, and two days 
um, former manager had left the business, moved to Dallas, and he still had connections and, and former clients. And so we, Tunde reached out to him. We sent him my script. He sent it to one of his former clients who was the creator and showrunner of The Path. And he referred me to her and she read it and really liked it. And she had me come, she you know, wanted to have a meeting in February. And she was like, oh, I really love your script. Really like to hire you, but season two is over. I'd love to hire you for season three. I was like, great. I was like, when is that? That's November. <laughs> so February meeting, November starts. So I was like, maybe she oh, really wow. didn't want to hire me. I don't know. It's like, oh, you're being nice because this manager. Somebody knows somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so come November, I get the call like, no, you, we want you in the room. I was like, oh, you really, oh, you did like my work. <laughs> And so I got staffed on that. The show did not get renewed. So to your point. We, so sad. we were such big fans of that show, yeah. by the way. And I think we, we saw we, you yeah, when we you were, maybe when you were working on it. Because I don't know. Yes. Before, yes. Because it was going to come out and you're like, I can't tell you anything, yeah. but you're going to like we it. We were like yeah. all fan, fangirl about it. We're like, ah, tell us about it. You're working on it. We love the show. I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. Um, yeah, it was great. And all those people <laughs> were so lovely. Like the cast, they shoot in Nyack, New York. So I, oh. I wasn't able to produce my episode um, because the cable schedule is different. And so I was already off my contract by the time my episode was up to film. So we ended up, um, so, I, so I missed that part. So yeah, mm -hmm. so, here we go. <laughs> talk, about a, talk about a show that left you hanging though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> we did think we would come back. We thought yeah. we were coming back. And so we kind of teed things up. So I feel like back. It's, it's a timing thing. I feel like if that show had been out in 2019, yes. it would have come back because of yes. uh, the way Absolutely. streaming works now. Or there would have been like a fan base that clamored for it. Yeah. But, you know. That made it happen. Yeah. And maybe yeah. like another Move network would have picked network. it up. We've yeah. been, you know, we've all been seeing that happen a like lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it was such a, <laughs> you know, it's really funny. <laughs> I love that. Sh I cried when I found out it was canceled. And I accidentally <laughs> sprung it on Trisha that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist was canceled. I was like, you know, it's been canceled, right? And she was like, what? I'm like, you ruined my whole life. <laughs> just now. That I was love such, yes. I love musicals. I love, cool musicals. I love um, the choreographer and I just, every, yeah. So it made me very upset. <laughs> I know, I felt really bad laughing because it was so traumatic. I was like, I'm oh, sorry. Okay, there, there's, there's other networks looking at picking it up. <laughs> So we, just, it's gonna happen. There's still hope. hope, and that one had a huge cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, sorry. My, no, I feel you. I feel you. My sister refuses to watch his shows unless it has two or more seasons made in the can. She will not get vested. So I'm she not gonna fights. get started on it. No, she won't watch a pilot. She's like, let me see how many seasons do they have. Okay, I'll watch it. That's smart. Because so annoyed when they just leave you on a cliffhanger and then cancel the show. She yeah. gets so mad. She's I like, I'm not, not investing anymore. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> so many strong ideas like the path or like the 4,400. Yeah. That, that was another one that that's, just stopped. Oh yeah. And, and that's 4,400 for it's sure. Coming back on the CW in a it weird is. way that I kind of don't understand. But anyway, yeah, yeah we've, we've been following that. those. Mm -hmm. 
But anyway, well, that's so cool. And so what are you doing now? Because that was fairly recent, right? Was that? Yeah, the path, um, yeah, the path was fairly recent. But after the path, I did three seasons of All American, which is season three is on Netflix right now. We're holding steady for like the past month in the, um, we've been floating in the one to five range of, um, you know, top, top shows. Yeah. Top, top stream shows. Right now we bounced from one to four and then we bounce right back up to two so Yay. right now we're top we're number two in ranked shows on netflix so that's exciting um and now i'm on a show called shaka zulu on showtime antoine fuqua is going to be directing the pilot oh, wow that's so cool and i'm excited he's a f- historical figure from south africa really existed i i there's a theme here because <laughs> i'm all american <laughs> is based on a a real life person, um, an individual who um, actually lived in South Central LA and transferred to Beverly Hills to play football. And we used his life to create stories. And now this is the same with Shaka, where he's a historical figure, uh, a really well known, probably more in Europe, if any, if any, if you know, than in America. And um, yeah, we're doing a show based on his life, loosely based on his life. And so it's very exciting. That is so cool. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. So I'm really, I, I, yeah, we've been writing away. The pilot will be shot in January, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> in, um, in South Africa. I know all these things are. Oh, always- wow. You're going to South Africa. That's amazing. Africa, so I'm going to make it. Yes. Episode gets produced. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> hour bust. Yay! That is so awesome. Well, you've certainly like hustled your way to the to the where you wanted to be, which is amazing. And it is a hustle. It sounds like. I mean, like you That's have to hustle. be an advocate for yourself, and you have to like get out there and yeah. So right, and put yourself out there. I mean, I know. I mean, I struggle for sure with because writing is so subjective with like, oh my gosh, it's not good. Like it's not good. But even in the space of me, like feeling like this sucks, it's the worst piece of writing I've ever done. (laughs) I still like give it to people. (laughs) That's like the the, the hurdle you have to get over. Yeah, you do. And it's like, well, I'll just, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And then, uh, then at some point you're like, well, it's not great, but it doesn't suck that bad. I give it to you. Right. That's actually a question I was going to ask you because we, uh, you know, we have a screenplay and we've struggled with it over the years and feel like it sucks or we'll, we'll get to a part and be like, this part sucks. We can't show this to anyone. You know what I mean? And we've shown it to friends and they've given us feedback. And I think we might be on a draft that we could share maybe now, yeah. but like, it's so the, now it's nineties nostalgia. <laughs> 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 it wasn't actually like in the 90s and now it's 90s nostalgia because it's been so freaking long since we wrote it but that could be a good thing and no it is I, we're, yeah, we're like, a great we're like oh it's a good thing we sat on this and then took out all the cell phones we tried to add in like yeah. at, at one point Why? We, we realized there's a character looking at instagram on a computer and we're like because we wrote it when it's stuff like that first came out and we didn't right. like early it. 2000s yeah yeah so then we took all that out we're like forget <laughs> it no social media let's go back to a time when people had pagers let's I go back it. let's go back to a pay phone yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's, 
it's really hard what you're saying because that is like such a key because we talk about this all the time and you know in our with our podcast we have a lot of writers now that uh contribute and you know send into our writing prompts that we do and we always tell them not to do a disclaimer Meanwhile, knowing that we, we do, do that it. all the time. Yeah. I mean, I wrote this, but it kind of sucks, or I don't know. I kind of fell off at the end of it, or I don't really know what I was doing. You know, you're automatically yeah. telling everybody it sucks before you're apologizing <laughs> for your work before you even share your work, which is like, don't do that. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. discredit yourself first, just yep. in case they don't like it. So you're like protected. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just, I don't like it either. I just don't like it. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> That's what it is. It's like a shield. A shield. It is. It's totally like a force yeah. field. Like you yeah. can't get through. That's right. I hate it too. Oh, you like it? I loved it too. Oh, I, I felt really good about it. <laughs> I felt really strong. Really strong. <laughs> or maybe we should just all approach it the other way and just be like, "Can you read this? It's the best thing I've ever written, ever." ever. And if you don't like it, I will probably die. And then I, they'll be I like, will. you know, obligated to say something nice. <laughs> That's a good, that's a good start. I think that's the better disclaimer, right? This is awesome. Well, it's, but it's, how did you you, like get over that? I mean, or, or or did you just, I guess you just kind of had to, I don't know, but yeah, you kind of do. But I think with my first pilot, um, I worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And then I started to give it to people. And then I just started, I was like, I can't do anything else. And at some point it was like, okay, my writing skills I've hit the capacity of what my writing can do. Mm. And so once I realized this is where my writing is, I'm giving it out. Like I can't, like uh, there, when I was in a, um, a chick would say this all the time. He was like, you got to be careful that you don't start moving deck chairs. So you get to the point where you're making changes, mm. but it's all that. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. same. And That's so good. I, so I would be writing. I'm like, okay, I'm moving deck chairs. This is, this is all, this is all I can do. Mm-hmm. And as, um, as I started getting better with my skills, I would do a pass. And once I got to the point, I feel like I'd, I don't know, I can't even remember. I had learned, I, you know, I was taking writing classes. I always consistently take these little writing classes. I didn't get a writing degree, although I was an English major, pre-law minor, which requires a lot of writing and reading, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, but, you know, in terms of storytelling, I think at some point you start to um, Oh, wait, hold on. Feel. Are we recording? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, no, it's, all, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Right. I think at some point, I feel like you feel it when, it when it's really, when it's good or when it's ready or you have a sense of, I mean, I, for me, I definitely had a sense of, okay, this is, this is the best I can do. This is, this is the best it is going to be. And I feel good about it. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel good about what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being honest of what my level was at the time. And, and what's interesting is like, even ha- like having agents, like they are so aware of where you are as well, which was so new to me. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I have to be great. I have to be so great. And they were all like, on, Oh, the time. But, then, yeah. but then they were like, Oh, you're a baby writer. And I was like, Okay. okay, I wouldn't consider myself a baby right. Okay. <laughs> no, that sure I'm okay with that. Yeah. But but then I was like, oh, you understand that my writing will get will continue to improve. And it's really, really strong, really, really interesting, really great material. 
but I will still continue to get better. And because they're so accustomed to either having baby writers and watching their work progress or just any like writers in general, like as you, you um, engage with the studios more and engage with executives and engage with other people more, you kind of get a sense, like a sensibility of story. Like you get a better sensibility of, of what those things are. And now I see it because now I'm a mid-level writer in a writer's room. And when an, a younger writer comes in, I automatically am like, okay, that, that pitch won't work, you know, because of how stories sort of, because of how this story is structured and because of how these characters are structured. So, I mean, I just, it's like giving yourself grace to get, improve and, yeah. and, and just accepting this is great. This is I knocked out, I knocked it out the park with where I am and it's good to go. And I don't care, you know, it's just good to go. And then with another script, I just couldn't get it. It's just a harder story. I've yet to be able to crack it. It's gone through countless revisions, but even in the space of me knowing that I haven't cracked it, I'm like, it's good. And it's gotten me work. Like it's gotten me two different jobs. Um, And I don't think my reps necessarily like the script, but showrunners do and it's gotten me work yeah and so at some point you just have to you know just i don't know bet on you yeah. bet on you and like this is the best i'm gonna get it it's not gonna get any you know i'm not gonna move around deck chairs because at some point i was like okay i'm just doing useless work i don't feel yeah. like doing this anymore yeah i'm it's good you know i'm just not gonna tinker with it anymore and and having friends you know tune days really good about it's good <laughs> <laughs> it is like it's good stop doing stop it's doing like, stop. I, yeah. I i do like two other rewrites in in two days like you could have stopped at the second like it's fine like it's That's not so fine he's like it's great though. it's like yeah. it's great like stop. it's already in a good place you don't have yeah. to like retool you're seeing the same thing again with different dialogue <laughs> and the dialogue you're writing is not more compelling than the first set yes like, let it go like, yeah, yeah just let it go and yeah. you know i say great but it's um i keep hearing this quote and i really do believe it good is the um great is the enemy of the good um mm. or perfect perfect is the enemy of the good like you're like oh what is perfect perfect yeah. is so arbitrary and it's so eye of the beholder and you're and it's very and it's elusive like you're it's yeah. like a move it's a moving target the idea the idea of perfect so you're just yeah. trying to get it to be very good a strong sample compelling provocative, provocative, new, interesting. Those are kind of what you're going for. Um, Everything else is just, um, it's just words that, you know, other people throw out to make you feel some kind of way about your work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I feel like it's kind of like that, that thing when you have a kid and people are like, Everyone has advice for you. Mm-hmm. Take yes. what you want to take yes. and then throw everything else on the yes. floor. What sticks for you is fine. And then like what you feel is okay is also okay. Like you have to like take all that advice. You know yeah, what I mean? You that's don't. another realm where perfect, yeah, perfect yeah. is like a thing. And it, it is, it is a, a good training ground, I guess, for all these things where it's like, yeah, you know, it's, and it's interesting though how we all sort of have these like internal critics or mm-hmm. some sort of voice that's saying like, it's not good or, 
I don't know, like you were saying, like maybe rejecting someone before they reject you or, you know, all this kind of like whatever. I mean, it brings all your your life baggage with it, you know. It's just interesting to watch everybody go through it, and and especially because we're working with a lot of writers now that we've met through our podcast community and everyone does the same thing. I mean, it's, it's like clockwork, you know, where where there'll be something, I know I'm not supposed to put a disclaimer, but I didn't really like, blah, 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 you know what I mean? Right away. And then you read it and it's like brilliant. And you're like, that was freaking cool. Like, why did, why did you, you need to disclaim that? Like, you know, you came out with something really great. It's the protection (laughs) thing. Yeah. Yeah. The shield. If I say, if I say it's bad and you like it, then I'm awesome. If I say it's good and you don't like it, I suck. Like, it's I, just I've that weird better. thing. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten better over the years. I used to do that so much. And uh, a writer, an EP, he created Nurse Jackie, and he was one of the writers on Hemlock Grove, and he's just so talented. He was like, don't don't say anything. He was like, don't yeah, give don't any kind of... Pre- just don't say anything he's just give yeah. it to them and let them see what they think and I was like okay and so anytime and in a writer's room it's all about pitching different ideas in the course of like six or seven hours and you're just throwing out ideas and it's really important for you not to, to shoot your own idea before you say it like it's yeah. so important for you to just say the I idea mean, it's the same thing in in like in marketing and business right yeah. if you if you provide a disclaimer that your question or idea is already bad before you say it, you're coloring the audience with yes. that, that like feeling before they even hear what you have to say, mm-hmm. they're already approaching it in the way you are in a negative way. So they're like, Oh, this might not be so good because she said this yeah. might not be so good. And instead just like, let it be its own thing. Like I've, I've given that advice in business too. It's the same thing you in know? fundraising. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Bad. Really, yeah. It's so funny. Here are 10 different examples. No, it's funny because in, in fundraising, it, we have this thing that we say where it's like, you know, ask, ask the person for the, for the amount that you want and then be quiet. So instead of saying, you know, we would love for you, you know, to consider a gift for a hundred thousand dollars for blah, blah, and blah. And then if they don't go, Oh my God. Yeah. Or that's amazing or whatever, like right away, it's to just sit there and just be like, you know, instead of saying like, or, or 50,000 would be great. Or, you know, 25,000. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you're getting like a dollar, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you're going to like bargain yourself down. Right. So it's like waiting, but waiting is hard. I think we waiting everybody has hard hard yeah. for a response, a positive response. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I think that's so smart. And I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. My, my little guy, he's decided to play his guitar really loud. <laughs> Okay. Oh, we can't even hear it. Yeah, this is yeah. a creative okay, good, space. Good. Creative space. I might grab that. my ukulele in a second. <laughs> okay. okay, awesome, awesome, good. He'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> All right, well, we have a, just a couple of random questions. Yeah, we, we love to talk about procrastinating because that's, you know, something that writers can do, especially because it's pretty solitary. So, oh, like, good. what do you, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, do you have a favorite way to procrastinate or do you find that you always procrastinate in a, in a certain way or... I have pinpointed my procrastination um, because <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, I need to be an efficient, more efficient writer, right? All the time. And so I realize when I get stuck, 
on a piece of dialogue or any kind of anything, I'll jump out and get on the internet and I'll go to all these news sites. It's so random. I go to Huffington Post, I go to the New York Times, I go to this yeah. other site called The Root, I'll go to a gossip website. I just like go to these <laughs> random and I only read headlines. <laughs> I don't read the article at all. I just click, I go to Jezebel, I go to Salon. I, I, I go to like, 10 different websites. And then I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm stuck. I don't know what this character should say. And then I'm like, well, maybe you should think about it instead of jumping to like 20 different sites to read headlines. And then when I'm hard procrastinating, I'll watch like a 30 minute show. And these days it's been Ted Lasso. And I tell myself, oh, love it. Love the show. Right. This is so good. It's so oh, okay. heartwarming. And it's only 30 oh. minutes. So I can, you no. know, I can tell myself. like nice bite of like positivity. Yes. <laughs> Hardcore. I love so it. So <laughs> I said, I said, let me just watch. Let me just get a Ted Lasso fix. Yeah, okay. and, then, and then, yeah, and then. Four episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, if you've watched Ted Lasso, now you have to write. Like, now you have to write. And so I feel like I have to then make up the time that I watched Ted Lasso, so then I end up writing longer. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's, that's good. That, that, lately, that's been my uh, favorite procrastination is to watch episodes of Ted Lasso either before <laughs> or in the middle of <laughs> one of one of our therapists at one point gave us the advice like after you had a hard day to like go watch an episode of Friends because it was like yeah. lighthearted and funny and I feel like Ted Lasso has taken that place for me where like if I'd had a bad day if I watch a Ted Lasso I'm like I'm like refreshed and like yes. you know able to start again like that's like become my like we burned through the comedies so quickly um there was there was this recent um jimmy fox just came out with a new show and we burned through it because it was like all available and like edgar and i just like watched and it was like no we don't have anything fun to watch you know we watch the news like what (laughs) (laughs) no not the news no watching the news yeah but um so well so that's cool we procrastinate by doing a podcast is that really a procrastination no that seems like, i mean it seems like, like cool a lot of work yeah it's like <laughs> our cool procrastinate but like then on our podcast which is about writing we'll talk yeah. about shows we're watching for yeah. like an hour or so <laughs> And yeah, no, there's a lot of time spent on things that are not to do with what we actually want to talk about. Well, and because That's life really does, you know, get in the way of some of our plans sometimes. So, yeah. you know, having kids and families and other, you know, jobs or whatever, yeah. it's, it's a lot. But so the other thing that we're really big on is snacking. So we always have a snack and or, or five. So do you have any snacks that you like to have, like while you're writing or, you know, drinks that you like to drink or anything like that? I usually do a coffee in the morning with some toast, like some buttered toast or some type of muffin or like it usually ends up being toast, like a sourdough piece of sourdough bread with some butter on it or olive oil. And I just, I like, I have to eat my coffee with some type of carb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I must. And then in the afternoon, after I have a lunch, I will eat a cookie because I love cookies. I love my soft, 
brown butter, chocolate chip cookies, just from like Whole Foods. They have a really <laughs> soft, soft one that's thick. I'm very, very picky with my cookies. I like. If I don't Aww. like it after I take a bite. I'll like literally spit it out of my mouth. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to waste my yeah. time. I'm going to waste my calories <laughs> on this disgusting cookie. Yeah. I want it to be good immediately. Absolutely. So good. And yeah. these, these have stood the test of time, these little cookies. And so I just love them so much. And so in the afternoon, I'll have that with a cup of tea. And then, um, and then I generally will have my dinner. And then I just, I feel like I don't have, like at some point I feel like, oh, I don't have time to eat. I'll, there's these bags of like cassava chips made by this company called Siete so good sweet uh, spanish family in mexico i believe they have a bunch of like cassava grain-free products Is it the, yes the abuela approved brand yes oh, you I get the lime yes <laughs> those are so good yes i yes. love the lime okay yes. so that's my other go-to snack that's my other hardcore <laughs> so go-to snack and they also I love those have chips. like tortillas too yes it's all like I, lower carb low I grain have the tortillas gluten-free yeah. yes i have I, like I just got their Mexican cookies. They're so no. fire. Oh, I haven't oh. tried that. Yeah. They're new. And I saw them and I was like, what? Go see it. Yeah. No, I love this family so much. I oh, love the little yes. stamp that's like abuela approved. Like that like <laughs> did it for me immediately. And there are little stories on the back of the little I family know. picture. It's oh, so it's cute. It's so cute. It's like yeah. very Ted Lasso. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to support this family. I like gluten, but I will eat gluten free to support I know, that. right? I do like gluten. Like it's not even, it's not even like I have, like, admittedly, yeah. I don't have a gluten allergy. I just legit like their products. They're so delicious and they yeah. feel they don't feel heavy at all i want the cookies like what are the cookies are they mexican wedding cookies yeah or? they're the mexican wedding cookies oh. i'm obsessed with and i thought okay it's good Yum. it's like the healthy version of it but they're such a good company i was like these are gonna be good they're gonna be good and they I, are they're delicious I, I have to learn how to make those gluten-free because i make we call them russian tea cookies in my family yeah. but they're actually the same as a mexican wedding cookie which is like a pound of butter and a little flour and some powdered sugar. That's all that's in there. Yeah, no that's eggs, what it tastes like. Yeah, nothing, right? A pound of butter and some flour. And so almost all my Christmas cookies I've like made gluten-free for Shauna because Shauna is actually gluten-free oh, for health reasons. Okay. Yeah. You like CHO. So, yeah. Well, I've, I've tried the chips with her. She's like, mm, but like, we need uh, to try the cookies. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the cookies. Yeah. Maybe it might be a treat, like yeah. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe a treat. I'm a big treat person. Um, I love I do that. Like, yeah, I do like treats and donuts. Oh my gosh, donuts! I love donuts, but I only eat them like once a month. But mm -hmm. I love donuts. But that yeah, those are my those are my my big big things. But I'm not a really huge snacker. It's like my morning and then after lunch sort of treat, and then that's pretty much it. I love that you have it like scheduled though. You're like my I know. cookie with You're my so tea and afternoon. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I mean it's interesting because when you're I mean, on a TV show, you're, I feel like I'm a more, a, 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 like, scheduled writer because I don't have a choice because I have all these, like, real deadlines. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the studio wants your outline. Ah. Uh, no, <laughs> deadlines help a lot. Yeah, they do. They're huge. And so yeah. then it's like, so then by product of that schedule, then it's easier to write for yourself because you've kind of, you're, you're kind of in a groove because 
you know, you're so used to deadlines. Yeah. It's, it's just a weird, weird thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, but it's good. <laughs> Keeps you on track. I wanted to ask you, like, in a writer's room, like, how does it work when, when everybody, is everybody, like, around the table pitching their thoughts for the episode or the series at the same time? Like, how does it work when you, like, Like, is it like how it is on 30 Rock? (laughs) That's all we want to know. Are you, are you peeing in jars? (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? Having one minute dance parties. I don't know. Yeah, our understanding of it. (laughs) That's real. Um, I think in the early, probably 80s and 90s, people were legit peeing in jars. Um, I have heard a story about... We read Bossy Pants. Yeah, (laughs) how one woman was uh, doing her hair. Um, So that was a thing. But now, as times have gone by, people have gotten a little bit more professional, but we still have dance parties. Like... Because oh, you're you're it. pitching stories and then somehow you're just your brain just like you just you're like done. Yeah, you're done. At least for that. It's like the version of when break. I get stuck with dialogue, I go watch I go look at all these websites. When we get stuck with a character or get stuck with a story arc, we just sort of look at each other and then somebody says something random and then and then it just depends on the nature of the room. Like one room <laughs> we did like regularly dance parties. Like it's time. That's <gasps> oh, and everybody oh just God. like got up and just started dancing. It was just like I it was Love amazing. It. it was amazing. Oh my God. And then we start rapping and somebody start banging on the table. And you just be like, okay, this is it's happening. It's going down. Like you have to participate now. And in another room, we could feel that it was like, okay, everybody was done. And then somebody was super funny. And she always told these very funny stories. And so she would just break out with a funny story and we'd all be laughing. And so it just depends on the dynamic of this room. Because every room has this energy, much like yeah. a family. It becomes yeah. such a such a weird family. And you see that. It's, it's for like six or seven months, eight months that you're in a room together for like 10, 12 hours a day. And you wow. know so much about each other and it becomes so intimate so fast oh, I'm sure. and and it just it, it just takes on a whole life and energy of its own so every room is so distinctly different and um they're all really great i do like writers rooms for that reason because it's sort of like because I, I, I get along great with my family so maybe that's why <laughs> i think if you have and they and, and my therapist did tell me she was like writers rooms tend to take on whatever the family dynamic is of the people oh, in it yeah. so if you have it could a be dysfunctional yeah yeah it can be very <laughs> dysfunctional depending on who the head is because of their relationship with their family and so it's really interesting really psychological that way and then everybody starts sort of thinking along the same lines and everybody's at some point a couple people will have the same pitches where you're kind of constantly pitching very similar ideas because for some reason you have a a mind meld or tethering it just it's it's very interesting how that how that happens with a group of at the beginning complete strangers um Mm -hmm. where some you may or may not have worked together in the past and here you are in this room together and you're just kind of on the same wavelength. It's yeah, it's, it's so fun cool. that way. But yeah, everybody's around and everybody's pitching different ideas depending on what, what the showrunner is like. Let's talk about this character and where they're going to go this season. And then we start talking about it. Yeah, I love it. That's so cool. Well, so we have a writing prompt um, that we, oh, you know what? I didn't see it. I'm sorry. No, I just I like to read it out loud, but then you know <coughs> we didn't have Do you it. have it? I do somewhere. 
So <laughs> let's see. Oh, by the way, we didn't mention we had a power outage. Uh, <laughs> so we had to do a bunch in the of middle of this interview. And then I was like, oh my God. All the audio is gone, but thank yeah, you. There was Zoom, a moment of who is panic. not a sponsor, but Zoom <laughs> captured all the audio. My my recording equipment okay. captured nothing, so we're good. We're good. Oh wow! Way to go, Zoom. Probably no. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. We had a moment of panic. I was where we like, were like, I we like, couldn't check because it was out. Once it came back on, I'm like, Shauna, grab the vodka. Like, be ready. <laughs> Because it might all be gone, and I have to do the whole thing again tomorrow. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, that would have been fine, too. I mean, uh, you're, you're sweet. You know, awesome. but you there guys was are great. So much you know. fun conversation. So, yeah. Lorna graciously agreed to do our writing prompt. So, three minutes, three minutes. Uh, and no judgment. So, you know, so don't come and tell us it's good or bad. Lorna, I'm just <laughs> I would just read. Aww. So here's the prompt that we did. Uh, letters from summer camp. So imagine your character is a child or camp counselor at a summer camp that is the setting of a horror comedy movie. Write a letter home to family or friends from your character's perspective telling your family about the strange happenings at camp. And so we all did it. And we will have Lorna go first as our guest. <laughs> And we discovered we all have the same kind of notebook. I mean, so. yeah, look at that. <laughs> We're sending you stickers. Stickers and kisses are like basically <laughs> in the mail right now. Like, you're good. No, so I love this. We always have a thing with our listeners where, like, you only have to write for three minutes. It's not a huge commitment, and you no. can still write something. You can still accomplish something in a short amount. And of you time. might come up with a character, or some of some of our uh, folks that participate have said, like, "Oh, this really got me going on something, and now I'm gonna expand on it." Yeah, because something came out of some random prompt. It. Like we always do these random prompts, and they're fun, and sometimes they're silly, and sometimes they're we think they're silly and someone will write something really serious and we're oh, like, dark. oh, wow, I never yeah. would have gone that way with it. Yeah. Like, cool, yeah. you know? So anyway, but you go ahead and start out. Okay. I, my character is a 16-year-old writing her boyfriend. She's a counselor. And um, this was really cool. I love prompts. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> What's up? That's a lot of A's and Z's. <laughs> OMG! <laughs> I thought the kids have were so gassy. I mean, I could smell them through the window. It was so gnarly. <laughs> I had to peek in the window just to make sure it wasn't just straight up methane. Um, the girls had to be choking in there. The funk was so thick. Um, you know, I went in the room. I mean, wait, I skipped a line because I have janky handwriting. <laughs> So I looked through the window, but there was no one in there. I could have sworn we checked some kids into that room. You know I went in. I mean, it's not a horror movie, right? Ha ha. There's a, <laughs> but there's cobwebs everywhere, dust on the furniture, the beds were empty. I went back to the office and I checked the roster, and there were four names listed. I thought they were going to be, uh, and then uh, the three minutes were up. <laughs> Nickelodeon show. <laughs> <laughs> it was junior high. Uh, 
Oh, Tiki Watiti. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to go? Yeah. So, okay. That was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thank yeah. You. you left us on a cliffhanger now. With, with the I know. Methane, we just talked like, about gas situation. Oh, come on. <laughs> the dog is also barking. She's like, you know, par for the course. Right now. <laughs> All right. So mine is also from a counselor. And the interesting thing is I was saying uh, to Trish earlier that I... I thought I was going to do a kid, but then when I sat down to do it, when I started the timer, I was like, counselor. I don't know why. So just like, it's funny yeah. how it changed at the last second for me. Same. So dear management, first, I just want to say thank you so much for the chance to work at the well-respected camp Keto Chaka. As a counselor this summer, uh, oh, as a counselor this summer, as a counselor committed to the high standards of Keto Chaka, I want to give some feedback. First, although the clowning around event on Fridays, when counselors dress up as clowns is a fun tradition, it seems to have gone awry with events, a few mishaps, including an axe and possibly a missing, possible missing children we are still trying to place. Second, Wednesday night s'mores and stories is great fun, although I find it often ends with at least one kid catching on fire and another possibly taking a ghost story a little too far with a demon possession that felt a little too real. Thank you again for a great summer, and I hope I can use you as a reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you. The clowning around activity, like it's so <laughs> that good. clown activity. Clowning around, and I have I have been a camp counselor, and I feel like you know kids are so scared of clowns. I mean, I'm not scared of clowns, but there's been so I much mean, clown fear over the years. Clowns, so I'm not I afraid of clowns either, but I I get it. I guess, yeah. <laughs> My kids are afraid of clowns just because of the it posters that were like around. Ah, yeah, like Stephen King out. made yeah. a whole generation terrified of clowns. Mine went straight to like a song. So, so Trisha, gonna... re, by the way, so Trisha like rewrites <laughs> songs a lot, sort of like Weird Al esque, where she Damn like. It. Re- not as good though. She, she's pretty good. So it's part of the show very frequently. So just to give a little context, so you're not like, what is happening right now? Okay. I love it. I'm so excited. I like. I worked on a play that was around this theme from, you'll recognize it right away when I start. And so I couldn't help but think this when it was like a camp thing. Okay. <laughs> Hello, mama. Hello, papa. Writing you from camp, we gotcha. Camp is really kind of scary. And I saw a werewolf who was very hairy. I went swimming in the river. <laughs> So cold it made me shiver. There was ghosts there with no faces and a polar bear with teeth who tried to chase us. All the counselors look like zombies <laughs> and we've been crying for our mommies. The walls are bleeding in the cabin and I swear that I saw Cujo, he was rabid. Please save me, oh mama, papa, set me free. I hate we gotcha, there's a man in the woods with an axe, and that can't be any good. Bloody Mary's in my bathroom, and I really 
need to come home please please don't make me say it's only been one whole day oh my gosh <laughs> alan sherman woo, woo. Yeah. you gotta do that oh my gosh that's great that's so great i love that uh, you know, Halafana, there was a whole plague, Camp Granada, like a local yeah. plague yeah. here, where they sang that song, Halafana, Halafana, over and over and over, and it was all camp and, like, adults playing kids and being dumb, and it was very funny, very, like, very, like, kitschy, and, like, I could not think of anything else, though. When I went to write, I was like, hello, mama. I love it. I love it. I know. I try not to have, like, anything in my head. And then I was, like, thinking I would write a kid, like you were saying, Shauna. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> counselor. I'm a, I'm a counselor, yeah. I've never been to camp. I've never been a counselor. Oh, wow. Uh, I was a counselor for years at camp. Never. And I went to camps. As a kid. I went to weird tennis camps, so... <laughs> oh, no! That's, I mean, not really a horror show. It's a little different when you go to yeah. sports camp, but I worked, I worked at a camp, but it was also a tennis camp, but it was a, it was, ironically, it was, I called it, like, oh, camp tennis. with, like, tennis as, like, a, it wasn't, like, the camps I went tennis to. Tennis adjacent. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of, like, <laughs> it was in Big Bear, so it was, like, a lot of, like, uh, more of normal camp stuff, and then just a little, we did have a lot of tennis courts, and we did teach tennis, but we did a lot of other stuff. Right. So I did have that like counselor feeling, I guess, when I thought about camp, I, that's my most recent experience was being a counselor, obviously not being a, yeah, yeah. doing it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Camp is weird. I don't know if your kids will go to camp, right? Cause it's been such a weird time. There's, there's yeah, no they go to no day camp. camp. They used to go, well, they used yeah. to go to like day camp, but now, you know, it's all weird. I, don't, I think everything is shut down. I don't think they've opened up any, any overnight camps. Yeah, my kids used to do day no. camp too. There's no overnight stuff. There, well, we did day camp for like a little bit, like swimming camp, and like, yeah. and then my son like got a cold immediately, and <laughs> the pediatrician was like, "Yeah, all the kids that are like under eight are getting colds because." A, they're gross, and B, everybody's <laughs> just like everywhere. Like they're just like, just like how you sharing their lunches. Yeah, all like the time normally. And, and like my kid, my six-year-old hasn't been sick for two years. Yeah, because wow. they've been so isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like as soon as they're around other children, they're like catching everything. Yeah, is, everything all over again. It's normal. Uh huh. But like we're not, we're not normal anymore. So we're not like. <laughs> COVID test him, quick quarantine him. Like, I'm like, like, what's happening? And like, nothing's wrong. He has a cold. He's like normal. Basic kid cold, like no problem, you know? Yeah, my, my pediatrician was like, yeah, we were really quiet and now we're really busy and no uh, one has yeah. COVID. They're all just sick with everybody's just sick. freaked out yeah i forgot what it was like to have a cold <laughs> yeah basically kids get cold yeah basically i know that i know that. overlap of symptoms <laughs> you just can't when all the covid symptoms are like everything from like i don't know yeah they just it's to like it's a literally. migraine yeah you're like mm, i have a migraine i might have covid i don't know <laughs> Well, so thank you so much, Lorna, for joining us. I know you have a, a yeah. thing to get to, and we, we yeah. got a little postponed in the middle of this with the power outage. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Someone, yeah. 
So fun. So fun. Power outage. Woo. <laughs> just to, just to heighten Crazy. the excitement. Yeah, just to heighten the excitement. But thank you so oh much for coming on. Thank and you, we, guys. You know, wish we, you. Hopefully we can eventually see each other soon I at know. some point yeah. uh, and hang out. and would be so nice. That would be really cool. And yeah. um, thank you. And we'll, we'll be sending you some, you know, some things. And I do want to... Um, just say thank you. So thank you oh, for thank joining you. us. This fun. I love talking about writing. Thank you guys. Nice. Cool. Thank right. you. All right. We'll catch up soon. Okay. okay. Really quick. Wait, what? You go, I, I was trying to end it so the recording would end, but then okay, I want to take a picture of us holding our books up. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have like a Would you have your phone or you want me to do a screen? Can you do a screenshot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Don't. Don't look at that. I can do it. There we go. We can do it side by side. Here we go. Ooh, good. Here I can do a... Wait, I'm blocking my life. Let me see. I can get here ours. Here we go. I got my preview oh, file. There we go. Take screenshot. Wait. Nope. Done. I like how long we're going to smile for We're going to, like, <laughs> do it for, like, an hour. All right. Everybody, everybody happy? All right. Ready? Do your cutest, your cutest smile, please. Okay. All right. There it is. <laughs> we did it. Perfect. It's perfect. We're going to send you some stickers. No, we're still in the same, we're in the same spot. We're, we're, right. we're planted here. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, all right. Well, enjoy. Eventually, we'll have like a barbecue or something. Yeah. yeah. Let, let us know. We'll let Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you Bye. later. Talk Thanks. to you later. Bye. Thank Bye. you, guys. Hey, thank you for joining us today. That was super fun talking to Lorna. She's awesome. It was amazing. It was good fun. And now we're just trying to like wrap up our day in the middle. We took a break because we had to because of power outage in our house. (laughs) During our power outage break, we're hanging out and... (laughs) Well, I didn't know oh, if no, our actually, audio would be saved, so I, I poured us a drink. And then my yes. son was like, hey, mom, I dare you to chunk that drink. <laughs> chunk it. Chunk it. And I was like, chunk it? Because he I, just thought it was because Trisha, it was sparkling water and vodka is our typical drink. But I, <laughs> he just saw her pour the sparkling water in it. So he doesn't yeah. really understand alcohol yet, no. thankfully. And that's great because he's only six. So he just thought you had... <laughs> and because you said it's really cold. It's going to be hard for me ice, to drink it fast. It was like a lot of ice. Yeah. And I did. I chunked it. And then he was like, chunk it. Come on, mom. Chunk it. And we were like just we were rolling laughing. We were on the floor laughing. Yeah, we were laughing on the side because we were like, and then George was like, why is he like a frat boy? He's like, like he's like in a frat. He's like, <laughs> chunk it. Chunk it. He has no idea what he's doing, but he's like pressuring me to like be in a frat party right now and like chug it. Right. And uh, yeah, that's my kid, man. <laughs> 
he is just like all about come on mom chunk it yeah he dared me to lay on the ground in the backyard with only a stick as my pillow (laughs) and i did it and you did it because he's like so endearing no no and also he he told me that he was just gonna be like in charge of us for 24 hours that's what he said i'm gonna be in charge of you with daring you for 24 hours you have to say yes for 24 hours and do every dare he says it's a constant i did say no to one when he wanted me to like walk in the mud and i was like okay i don't want to walk in the mud because i don't want to have to clean my feet right now but i I will lay on the concrete with only a stick as my pillow because sure i'll do that i think youtube for this situation yeah and the chunk it um, and the dares for yeah, sure all, all the dares and all the 24 hour challenge things <laughs> and i'm like stop <laughs> it youtube like stop it because all of us parents who've been alone with our kids for this long <laughs> who've just barely or chunk are about it, to start school <laughs> like we are tired youtube we are tired of your fucking bullshit <laughs> And your fucking 24-hour challenges. And yesterday, I'm sorry, I love the movie, but like, come on, my kids are like, when are we gonna have yesterday? I'm like, yeah, like that's every day. Never. Every day's yesterday. And like, no, stop I'm sorry it. for this generation. Like, you know what? Our whole like the 80s were. It was like no day. It was like no, you can't do that. No, you are not allowed to go over there. No, you can't wear whatever you want to school. No, you can't chew gum in class. No, I mean everything was no. And okay. like, I am not. I can only go so far with this, like, liberal parenting It is so crazy now. I can't do it anymore. Okay. Sometimes you just have to be like, no, because I said so. And everyone just just go with it. Yeah. Just go with it, people. When your kids were in middle school, there were rules about dress code, right? This year, the middle school literally said to us, just send them clothed. They don't care what the fuck my daughter was in detention like every other day because she would wear a, sh- a, a shirt top that was short and not even super revealing no, just like something that showed top. like an inch of her belly nope. which she doesn't even have a belly have, of her tummy have, area. You'll Grisala baby help change no more this. fucking Taliban they shit. I'm not doing topped, that. They have stopped all that shit. Like now it's just. Come wearing clothes. Because they spent all their time policing yeah. the kids on Stupid. their clothing. It was really dumb. No. And now my daughter's become like a clothing rights activist where she's like, she doesn't care about anything else in the world except this one thing, which is weird, but whatever, I'll go with at it. At least there's something She wrote a big about. essay at school about yeah. how like how she feels about it. And she doesn't write anything or advocate for anything, but she suddenly got mad about the dress code because she was like, it's not fair. It. And it's all because I'm a girl and like I'm not allowed to wear certain things because i'm a girl and they show off like my body or whatever and i was like yeah it is kind of messed up like i'm not in favor of it but i'm also i get tired of being called by the school because i'm like well stop my kid was very concerned that they would not be allowed to wear like stretch pants or you know whatever because like it was not in the rules before and then Finally, we got the whole final thing, and it was like you can wear whatever you want. It was and they, like they come were clothed. like worried because of what you guys went through, though. And and it was sometimes like, they're not just, allowed to wear pajama pants either, yeah. which a lot of kids in that age in high school, they're Love. just like pajama pants and t-shirts, and it's cool. Like that's like all we wore you in know college. What? Just wear clothes. 
That's all they, just they're don't like, be naked. Don't be naked. That's like the basic rule right now. There's no rules around any styles. I'm so anymore. glad. And it's so, I think. But it, it makes me so bummed that that's what we spent all of middle school. A lot school of energy. Like, in trouble with. about yeah. going to Saturday school about detention so about shitty. was about her refusing to if it had like back down on the been, crop top. If it had all been focused on schoolwork and not the crop top. Would it have made a difference? Well, and that's Probably. all she focused on was like also kind of right? just like fighting with them yeah. about it. Yeah. It's just not helpful. Nope. Shut up, schools. It was that they, they finally realized that in this district. Like, that's Well, I'm I glad think. it was on the backs of my children. Yeah. Just kidding. And okay, this was a weird rant that had nothing to do with anything. Happy. And it had to do with the fact that Trisha chunked it and I then she got it. a little tipsy. I'm a little okay. tipsy. I'm sorry. She chunked it. Okay. All right. Keep writing. Keep stacking. Bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up to the minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved. Nothing changed. Testing, testing. Hello, this is the podcast that we do. Test, test, test. Trisha has a bubbly bounce caffeine drink. Her favorite thing. My favorite. The whole world. Caffeine injected straight (laughs) into my hydration system. I love it. They just like him when he's just talking, of course. Test, Hello. test. Hello, Sushana. Giving advice. I'm a motivational speaker on the side in my house. Woo, woo. And sometimes in other locations.